0: I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a
1: mouse. Hello, when out there in podcast land, this is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, the podcast for all things Disney, for NPR Illinois Community Voices, and for the Front Row Network. For the 100th time, I am your host, Craig. I'm joined today by my co-host, Mr. Brett Rutherford. Hello there. And Miss Vanessa Ferguson. Hello. I cannot believe what we are bringing to you today. Uh, this is something when we, when we had this opportunity come up, um, there are times where you're just so grateful for the opportunities that we've had. Uh, and I think we do need to take a moment. And I think what we should do is, is kind of save that for the end of the episode and, and after the interview today, uh, kind of our reflection on where we are with this show and, and what this has become uh, for the three of us. And but I, I have to start off this episode by saying a, a lot of thank yous before we get into the interview and My first thank you is to Brett Rutherford um, for not only um, coming on to this show but i don 't remember if you a, a long time ago when we were going to talk Moana um, I invited you onto to the show and uh then you and now that I think about it, I might have this in reverse and you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, you two, but one of you brought the other one with you to that. Brett,
2: Brett ba- brought Brett. me. Okay. I owe everything to yeah, Brett. That's what Brett. I thought. I mind? thought for sure, but Do then
1: mind, I wasn't, want to I, I didn't want to say it the wrong way. Um, but Brett said, you know, we should bring Vanessa on to this as well, and that episode was just so great, Um, and the relationship built from there. I know both of you from theater in town. We've done shows and whatnot together, but not um, nearly like this kind of a relationship where we could just talk Disney and do these shows and, and have this friendship, so not only has this Uh, Podcast gone on for a hundred episodes, but truly the friendship that comes from this with my co-host, I can't replicate anywhere else. So thank you, Brett, for bringing Vanessa along. Thank you, Vanessa, for saying yes to him um, when he brought you along, because um, it's just been absolutely incredible. And I will have time to talk about things and get kind of emotional um, after the interview is over, because I do want to get into today's interview. And it's actually a panel discussion. We're uh, very happy to talk all things a Goofy movie, and also to ask uh, questions of their individual careers to the director of the film, Kevin Lima, to Goofy himself, Bill Farmer, and to Max Goof, Jason Marsden. Just Absolutely incredible opportunity before us. Any thoughts before we get into the interview? We'll go to Vanessa first.
2: I'm just so excited to talk to Goofy. Um, not to get too emotional, but my dad, who has passed away, we always associated him with the character of Goofy. Um, we got him the Goofy hat when we went into the parks, and, and he would just be so tickled that, I'm getting to talk to Goofy today. Oh my gosh, what is life?
1: yeah just absolutely incredible um Brett any thoughts before we get into it
3: well when you mentioned that this might be a possibility I'm like going well you can always ask (laughs) which has been our mantra this past year thank you Kevin um but yeah so I'm really excited to talk to these three and see yeah. it'll be so cool to get them together and see what they because I bet there's going to be some bantering back and forth and all that so I can't wait oh boy oh boy oh boy
2: yes and I, thank I, you Craig for helping so I mean not only did you get us one amazing person you got us three you got us three amazing this people was your we, idea yeah. we can't wait mm-hmm. to talk to them
1: well, you know, um, like uh, Kevin told us back on episode 57, he said, you got to ask for it. And that's what we did. And the day is here. So let's get right into the interview. This is our panel discussion, all things a goofy movie with director Kevin Lima, Goofy, Bill Farmer, and Max Goof, Jason Marsden. We are just so honored to have this great group of people here with us today to discuss all things A Goofy Movie and other areas of their career as well. We're going to introduce them each individually. Vanessa, you have the first person you'd like to introduce.
2: Well, I have the pleasure of introducing Jason Marsden. Jason is well known for his roles in Hocus Pocus, Spirited Away, several films for the DC Universe, and of course, he's the voice of Max Goof in A Goofy Movie. Welcome, Jason.
4: Thank you, Vanessa.
1: Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. And Brett, you get to introduce our next guest.
3: It is truly an honor to introduce Disney legend, Bill Farmer. Since the mid-1980s, Bill has voiced Goofy for Walt Disney Studios. He's also voiced so many memorable and roles for so many other films and voiced Goofy in my most recent favorite performance of his, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway attraction at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. It is so great to have you join us today, Bill. Oh,
0: it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks.
1: <laughs> and now I get to introduce the last gentleman and a very special guest coming back to the podcast. Uh, if you want to go and listen to all things, Kevin Lima, you can listen to our interview with him on episode 57 of the show. But for our hundredth episode, I thought we would do something really special and, and, and reach out to Kevin and see if he would be willing to um, come on to a panel with his fellow uh, co-stars in a Goofy movie and talk to us about that. And we're just so excited that he said yes and actually helped us organize all of this. Kevin, of course, is the director of not only a Goofy movie, but also Tarzan and Enchanted, 102 Dalmatians, just an amazing animator, amazing writer, amazing director. We're so happy to have back Kevin Lima.
5: Uh, It's so great to be here. Thanks, Craig.
1: Absolutely. I have the first question. So this is going to be directed at all three of you, and we can take it kind of one at a time. But this movie, a Goofy movie, has become such a phenomenon. And we know each of you have attended panels and conventions and have a chance to meet with your fans. Could you each speak about an interaction that you might have had with a fan or maybe a couple of interactions with fans that you've had around a Goofy movie? And I'll go to Bill
0: first. Well, it is of uh, all the hundreds or thousands of times I've voiced goofy over the years. This is number one really is among fans. It is uh, the gift that keeps giving after, you know, 25, what is it? 95 is when it came out. There's never a, a comic con or any other get together that I don't get at least one question or comment where someone says, you know, I couldn't talk to my dad until we saw a goofy movie. It was a real bonding experience for me and my dad. I've heard that over and over and over again. And uh, that just, you know, thrills me to no end. It's uh, just, you know, it's a great movie. It was a lot of fun for me. And uh, I got to know Jason and uh, as almost my son, actually. And my real son was around five when it came out. So it was a bonding picture for me and my son, as well as Goofy and Max.
1: You know, as someone that has a five-year-old son now that loves a goofy movie, it's really cool, too, uh, that you, your son was that age when you were making the film. Kevin, I'll go to you next. Do you have a fan interaction you wanted to mention or talk about?
5: I think really when I became aware that it was as popular as it is, I was at the El Capitan at one of their big screenings. They were doing the, uh, the, it was the, the opening night screening of a little five-day run, I think. And it was like the Rocky Horror Picture Show in that room. The fans were so into this movie. They knew every line of dialogue. They were singing along with the film. They came dressed up in, in character. In fact, someone wore a Lester's Possum Park walk-around suit. And um, I was just, I, honestly, I just sat there in tears. People got up and danced in the aisles. Because I had, I had an idea that it was gaining in popularity, but I had no idea it had gotten this. It had caught on in this kind of way.
1: Absolutely. It's uh, so incredible just watching. I mean, knowing this around my friends, uh, it's absolutely that kind of response when it comes to this film. Jason, how about you? Do you have any particular fan interactions you wanted to mention? Oh yeah, a bunch.
4: And uh, Kev, I can imagine how that must have felt. It but was overwhelming. Like three or four, I mean, like probably four or five years of your time into this and uh, and 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 seeing that reception, uh, I would burst into tears as well, man. Uh, like Bill kind of touched on it a little bit how when I do go to conventions and people often say that, uh, that they, you know, solidified a relationship with their parent over this movie. Like, you know, I couldn't get along with my dad, but we bonded over this movie. Um, anything that was sort of tumultuous in their, in their personal lives, this movie brought them together. And, uh, and that was always so heartwarming. And, uh, and my, I think my favorite fan, interactions are are when everyone comes up to me and and talks like goofy and says oh hey how you doing there max and doing their doing their
1: best doing their best billy for me (laughs) that's incredible uh so going right into your voice acting we have two very prolific voice actors here with us today so i wanted to know how you got your start in voice acting and i'll go to jason first and then i'll I'll go to bill
4: i uh well i was born in rhode island i'm from the same state kevin is yeah Rhode Islanders, big little state, in the, biggest little state in the union. Look at Absolutely. us now. Uh, and uh, we uh, relocated to California, Fullerton, California, because my uh, my stepfather got a job teaching ballet at Fullerton College. Um, and when we were there, it was like 1985, 86. I was 11. And, and people just suggested, oh, your son's cute. You should get him into acting. And my mom went, cha-ching, what a great idea. So they found a workshop for me in Irvine, uh, they trained me for 12 weeks for everything. It was, uh, commercials, theatrical movies, TV voiceover. Uh, they sent me to an agent, the agent signed me that day. And the next day immediately started saturating me on things. And the first, uh, cartoon I booked a few months later was, uh, Disney's adventures of the gummy bears. Uh, and, uh, and just kind of, uh, went from there.
1: That's so great uh, to be able to have that experience early and to be able to continue it throughout your career, because your credits are massive when you look at the amount of not only, and we'll have a question on video games later, but even getting into that space uh, and the voice acting you've done there, it's just incredible. But Bill, uh, how did you get involved in voice acting and how did that become your career?
0: Well, I grew up in a little town in South Central Kansas, and I was one of those kids who just gravitated toward cartoons on Saturday morning and just movies in general. I spent a lot of my time at our local theater and I found when I was a teenager, I kind of had a little propensity for doing impressions and my friends just thought, that's cool, man. Let's, you know, let's, let's drive through Burger King and get, you know, order in a weird voice and I'd like a Whopper with cheese. And then they'd all laugh and everything, never thinking it would be a career. Long story short, um, I got my degree in uh, journalism and kicked around in radio for a number of years as an engineer and an on-air personality, and then finally wound up in Dallas, where back in 1982, I took a chance and went up one night at a place called the Comedy Corner, when comedy was just kind of hitting the big time. And it kind of took off. Within six months, I was traveling around as a stand-up comic, did that for about five years until an agent in Dallas said, you know, with all the voices you do, you ought to go out to Hollywood and give it a shot. I got an apartment out here, just kind of coming to Hollywood, was able to get an agent right away. And as luck would have it, uh, one of the first auditions I did, and the first definitely major audition I ever did, was for Goofy. And they just said, do you do any of the Disney characters? They were kind of solidifying the voices behind these characters. At the time, they had four or five Mickeys, four or five Goofies and stuff, and they wanted the best one. And okay, and I t- got a cassette. course, practiced the voice over the weekend and oh, you know, laid it down. Goofy being my favorite Disney character ever since I was a kid. And out of how many people tried out, they, they tried me. And uh, the thing that most people don't know, they don't write it in stone that you're the voice. It's like, okay, this one time, and I'm saying, that was fun. Maybe they'll use me again. And now, 34 years later, they're still using me. (laughs) That's wonderful. Now, I just
1: can I interrupt for a second? Yeah.
4: I just saw, this is an audio-only podcast. Well, I think Brett usually likes to put it together as video as well. Well, then you have to cut to Vanessa's face when Bill starts doing the voice. (laughs) Because every time I do a convention with Bill, my favorite moment is when people walk by. Because not not everyone knows what we what voice actors look like, but they'll see this guy just hanging behind a table in one of your Hawaiian shirts, and they're like, they'll look down at the picture, Goofy. They'll look up at Bill and they will look at picture and look back at Bill. And they're like, "Are you are you Goofy?" And he'll go, "Gorgeous, sure I am." And then they burst into confetti. They
1: just bring so much joy to people. Just doing, just doing that voice, I love it. Uh-huh. Perfect. absolutely uh brett's gonna kill me for this he has our next question but i want i want to tell you both that brett's got quite a spot on james mason impression so i don't know if he would bust that oh out no or... no no
4: no 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 we were
3: talking about <laughs> but he oh, has the next question on. for you <laughs> maybe later okay ask ask well. it Ask the question. It's James Mason. To- yeah. <laughs> it's award season, even though in a year of unusual, as is unusual as this, you won an Annie Award in 2015 for your voice acting for Goofy and Grandma Goofy in one of the latest iterations of Mickey Mouse. Congratulations. What are the Annie Awards like? Okay, I need to do that like in a real voice. I'm sorry. I just, actually, I just got back from Walt Disney World, and they wanted they wanted James Mason to write Dumbo, so I did that for them. But anyway, so part so the James Mason Foundation and all of this, I do. It was it's meant in honor and not in anything else. But anyway, did you get the question, or do I need to ask it again? So. It's about the Annie Awards.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I was totally just blown away when I got that. I was at the back of the room and I wasn't even, you know, up near the stage. Oh, my name's, I didn't expect it. And they called my name and it was just like shell shock. And I really don't even remember going up on stage uh, and getting it. I was totally blown away for that. But uh, I, I love the I, iteration of, or the the style of the uh The new, you know, uh, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse. I think it's a little different than the traditional Goofy. I think of him as almost two separate characters. It's almost like Retro Goof or, you know, uh, Mr. Geef or, uh, you know, uh, Dippy Dog really is the way he's dressed. the, 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 The way he originally came out in 1932. But we're able to do stuff on that series that we could not do on, say, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And we can take it in a whole different direction and stretching the character like we did in a Goofy movie with giving him a lot more emotion than he'd really ever had was a great thrill. And for any actor just loves to do that. You get to find out what's behind the what's behind the noggin in these characters.
3: I love the new I love the new um, Mickey Mouse series because, you know, in a way, it's kind of it's 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 fun and it's kind of tongue in cheek and not not. Mm-hmm. I guess um body sl- not really naughty at all, but it 's just yeah. fun and it 's kind of it 's taken the place because I watched a lot of it during my last vacation at Walt Disney World that. Um, it sort of takes the place of kind of the Saturday morning cartoons that you know used to be around. So
1: it was kind of fun that way, so. Real quick before your follow-up, Brett, I have to interject and say that my, my son loves them, um, but there was one that terrified him. It was the last one that they posted on Disney Plus and it's called Just the Four of Us. And it was kind of like this creepy, like psychological thriller in a Mickey cartoon. And uh, for a five-year-old, it was a little much. So it is kind of nice that you have that ability to, to go to a different place with those. But Brett, you had a follow-up.
3: Well, this is for um, for Bill and Jason. The voice acting community sounds like a very fun and very exclusive acting group. Do you have any fun stories you can share? Oh my gosh. Or is it, it all a big secret?
0: It's not. <laughs> I mean, uh, voice actors, I think, are can hold their own with any on-camera actor. It's just a different style of acting, but it's all acting. And that's what people... They think that it's, oh, it's about doing voices. No, it's acting. It's voice acting. It's not voice acting. The voice is important, but I always tell people that want to get into this, you know, people people tell me I got a great voice. And that's kind of like saying, I got a great guitar. I should be a guitarist. You know, that's your instrument. It's what you can do with it that really matters. Yeah, the voiceover community is... Uh
4: bunch of crazy oh, yeah. uh, awesome people and uh the, the all the stories that pop in my head are are, are probably not appropriate for this podcast
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's okay well thank you for thank you for just, i hope they brought up good memories so
1: it's great memories something. it's great great yeah. memories yeah wow <laughs> vanessa you had our next question
2: yes yeah, so the film shows us a different side to goofy which we've you've mentioned before. And so I wanted to ask, uh, you know, we get to see him as a father and as a character with some flaws. So Kevin and Bill, um, any initial apprehension uh, to make these changes to such an established character?
0: Yeah, well, I know Kevin can speak to this. And from my end, as an actor, you come in, you do the lines that go home. And when they were saying, okay, let's make goofy a little bit more real and not as goofy. And I'm th- okay, uh, how do I do that with still keeping the essence? But when you're producing a a a movie, you've got to deal with all of the the upper echelon at Disney. And that's a whole story in itself, how this came to be. And Kevin, I know, has got stories on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, really, you know, it all started from thinking about how do you tell a story with Goofy that
5: can last 90 minutes, right? And I really felt like there had to be something emotional behind the whole thing in order to keep you engaged, that it just couldn't be, you know, 75 minutes of of pratfalls. Um, So that's where that all began. And what Bill is alluding to is there was a point in production when one of our executives came to me. And he was concerned about the goofiness of the voice. And he was concerned that it wasn't coming across in a way that audiences were going to attach, you know, connect to. And he suggested that we hire Steve Martin. And I just, I just had a meltdown. In the moment, because I couldn't imagine, and on top of it, he wanted Steve Martin just to be Steve Martin. He didn't want Steve Martin to do the goofy voice. He <laughs> just was thinking about uh, one of the one of the um, what's Parenthood, I think, is what the movie that he was thinking about. And so I said, "Let me try something." And I went back to Bill and I tortured him. Probably, how many sessions did we do in this? Uh, probably just one, right? Did we Four. do one? Mm-hmm couple of years, as I remember, you know <laughs> but won it with your with your regular voice, yeah, so we did the session where Bill just spoke the lines, and I could tell that he was he, he was just being torn up inside, having to do this, and I really it was really for me, I had a secret agenda, which was I'm going to prove to them that this is not going to work, that this isn't the route to go. And we did it and we cut a couple of sequences and it was just, it just wasn't goofy. It just had nothing to do with goofy. It was, I mean, and Bill's wonderful acting aside, it was a guy. And um, I went back to Jeffrey and I said, we're not doing this. Oh, I said his name. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I went back she to his <laughs> and I said, we're not doing this. This isn't goofy. And luckily he said, I get it. I agree. So I really put Bill through the ringer. Jason, were you there for those sessions? I can't remember.
4: I was, I remember, uh, I remember Billy doing that. And, uh, and, and it, I could feel the frustration. I remember it just, and, you know, he was doing a great job, but it, it, like you said, it just wasn't goofy. Like you, like you, we had to, you had to prove that you could still have this grounded character and he can still
0: have that, that, that voice. And, uh, Finding the right note was a, a little tough. And I was worried at that time, says, don't people want to hear Goofy if they're going to a Goofy movie? Yes, exactly. Well, the best. I'm just the uh, hired help. I'll do the best I can. But uh, I'm so glad when we came around and uh, redid it all in Goofy's voice and were able to add the emotions. And so that little sidetrack that we went on probably helped uh, solidify the acting on that. So it all turned I think out. it did,
5: Bill. I think it really gave us a sense of, Really how how the barometer of how emotional maybe we could be. That we yeah. could probably push it further than we were. Yeah. And I think that helped you as an exercise to bring some of that the the, real, it, it the realness of the emotion into the character.
4: People always ask me my favorite scene for the movie, and I always say, and I'm like it sounds weird, but my favorite scene is Goofy and Pete in the hot tub, hanging out as dads, just talking about dad problems. And and Billy's performance of that is just so it's just so grounded and, but it still has the go- the, the goofy voice with a grounded performance.
5: And, uh, and it's complex, right? There are multiple yes. things going on at that, in that scene at the same yes. time. And yeah, you're not yeah. really used to seeing that in animation.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a ringer to go through, but those are the kind of the hard times is what you remember. And, uh, the proof is in the pudding when it came out. And, uh, when I went to a screening, I don't know if I've ever told you this, uh, um, Kevin that uh we were on the lot and like Eisner was here and Katzenberg was here and we were watching kind of a pencil test of it and I was sweating I hope I like this thing and when we left my son who was with me he was about five at the time was crying a little bit and I said what's the matter didn't you like the movie and I said when Goofy went over the waterfall I thought that was you and I knew it had and struck that chord that it was supposed to strike at the right time. And I said, this this is going to be okay. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're right, Jason, the, the hot tub scene just, I, I tear up and I, I feel everything I'm supposed to feel in that scene when I'm watching it. Um, uh, but I want to ask about some of the other voice actors and characters in the film. So there, there are a lot. And so I wanted to ask, could you name one of your favorites, either working with others in the film or after seeing, or maybe even just seeing them after the finished product? Um, and I'll remind you, if you can't think of any other actors off the top of your head that that Kevin was in the movie as another character. So if you oh, yeah. want to, you know, mention Kevin. <laughs> you didn't ask
5: me when I started my, uh, my, my voiceover career.
2: Right. Right. Was it in this film? That you it would have been here? with
5: a goofy movie. Yes, <laughs>
1: absolutely.
5: Give us the line, Kev. Yeah. Who's your favorite possum?
1: <laughs> love it. I love it. Can we go to, uh, can, uh, Jason, do you mind starting that off with that answer? Of you know, is there other supporting characters you wanted to mention that you just really enjoyed in this film?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I loved uh, uh, Bobby, uh, the Lenny <laughs> Chisa, baby. I, lo- I was a big uh, Pauly Shore fan, and I got to work with him. He was in in the studio with us, uh, so that was that was a treat. And uh, and uh, and then, of course, you know, Rob Paulson as PJ, who I think that was his first feature. I think he said. Really, um, yeah, he came in and we were all kind of astounded, and uh, and Jimmy as 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 Pete, uh, always a, who I I didn't work with a whole bunch at, at the time, but it was just a treat to share space with them. And and you know, I work I work with these guys, but I'm I'm also like a, you know, I'm fangirling at the same time, because yeah. uh, they're 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 so amazing. But uh, but uh, a Shore uh,
0: definitely was, was was stands out for sure, and no? I. Uh, Uh, I was in the uh, waiting to go in for a while and I happened to be there the same day Pat Buttram was in to do his line or a couple of lines as you know, in the possum park saying here it is, you know, and he was so great. He died about six months later, I believe, but he was on he was telling jokes and keeping me entertained, gave me his home phone number. Let's get together and go to lunch and everything. And unfortunately, that never happened, but um, he was great telling jokes and just, and I was always a big Green Acres fan and I loved his stuff even back at uh, Gene Autry because, you know, I liked that old stuff when I was growing up and uh, sitting, talking with him was a big memory from that time. And Kevin? Well, I was,
5: I was going to say Pat also, because it's the same thing. It was like having, having like the star of your favorite animated films there with you. I mean, from, from Robin Hood and the Aristocats, I was, I was just thrilled yeah. Pat in the room. Um, I think one of the, one of the, one of the favorite times I had was when I got Jason and Kelly Martin in the room together. Um, because we got to explore a different, a different relationship, spent a lot of time with Bill and Jason together. And it was, and it was, it was rare to get your actors together in the room. And we got to do it a lot, luckily. Um, I think Jason and Bill, you guys did most of your sessions together, if I remember. Really? Most. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so to get two younger actors and, and fight, feel that different kind of energy happen was, was really exciting for me.
1: That's great. Now, Jason, this is a question specifically for you. I uh, told my wife about this, of course, and she would be so upset if I didn't ask about this because she said, you have Thackeray Binks coming on your podcast. Uh, so not only are you involved in the cult classic that is a goofy movie, you're also in the Halloween movie now. Um, any Hocus Pocus stories you wanted to share or did you take anything surprising away from that film or, or that role in particular? And uh, only in jest, but are you free for an interview in October
4: you know so. <laughs> <laughs> well first let me say hello to your wife and let her know that she can turn me into a fat useless contented house cat anytime but I have to have October's off so I can you know defend the virgins from from witches uh, uh, yeah talk about a, a movie that uh it, you know was released summer of 95 I think uh, in July a Halloween movie and just kind of came and went and then and now you can't you can't escape it every October. Uh I uh well if you've seen the movie, you, you see the guy in the beginning, the human character played by Sean Murray, uh is 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 not me, it's Sean. Uh so it's it's my voice coming out of his mouth and 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 the cat. They hired him at first to to voice uh, to be the human character and the cat. And then, you know, movies happen, they they finish. Uh, filming and in the post-production, you know, changes are made, and and uh, to my benefit, they they hired me to, to come in and uh, and uh, and and do the voice. Uh, I, I think Sean was using his own voice, and later on, they thought, you know, Vinx is about he's a three hundred year old cat from colonial Salem. He should have an old world sort of sound. Um, I, I don't know. I would love to talk with Sean about this. Uh, I don't know if he had, he attempted it or it it didn't work or whatever, but they, they did a casting and I, I booked it. I had no idea I was replacing anybody. Uh, And uh, what was funny is I was working on a show called Boy Meets World on the Disney lot next door to where they were shooting Hocus Pocus. This is before I even booked it. So I would go on the set and I'd hang out because I knew Omri Katz from a show we did together when we were 17. I knew Vanessa, uh, uh, Shaw from uh, we had mutual friends, so I'd be on the set hanging out, and then uh, you know, you know several months later, I'd be actually working on it, but I didn't get to work with anybody, mm-hmm. uh, it was all sort of after the fact, but yeah, it's, it, it it blows the mind,
1: yeah, it's just incredible. It's a, it's, it, it's, it's very um, for our generation, it is like there are no bigger Disney movies in my mind than things like. Uh, a goofy movie, things like Hocus Pocus, Mighty Ducks that came out about that time. I mean, it, that those early 90s, mid 90s movies just mean so much to us. And then now we're giving those to our children uh, and saying like, you need to like this, trying not to do that. But, but um, <laughs> Vanessa, you had our next question for Kevin.
2: Yes. Okay. Kevin, we have to talk about Tarzan. So, uh Just for background for everybody else. I was on TikTok. I started noticing these videos of the Generation Zers that were, they're sharing videos of them. Uh So it's basically like Kevin as a director telling Phil Collins that the music <laughs> for Tarzan is too good. You got to slow it down. This, this is, this is too much for this movie. Then I go on Twitter and Tarzan and Phil Collins are trending on Twitter. And so I tweeted over to Kevin, I'm like, Kevin, Did you know about this? And so we have to know for all the TikTokers out there, what really happened? How did it go down? Did you tell Phil, Phil, this is too much? You're going to have to scale it back. Is that what happened?
5: No, absolutely not. In fact, (laughs) Phil thought he had to scale it back. And we said, no, 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 we don't want you to write, you know, Disney I want songs. We want to do this. This is a different kind of musical. And um, so, no, we, we just let Phil cut loose and do what he does. And uh, him being a drummer first and foremost sort of laid the language for the movie, and uh, just let him go.
2: Yeah, and and how did you Jason, know
5: Jason is also in Tarzan?
2: he's, a, he's an ape. He's an Yeah, I saw that. It's all in the family here. So, so how do you
5: guys? Hey, hey, hey! Let's not talk about this. Bill's going to get jealous.
2: Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry about. That. But, but are you surprised by all these like young people that are like, "Go check out Tarzan. It's amazing." I mean, it's kind of like having the Goofy movie effect now, right?
5: It, you know, I, I think it. I think we relate to the movies that we saw when we were kids, right? They mean so much to us that we bring them back into our lives over and over and over again. I mean, I talk about movies from my childhood that I, that I adored growing up and made me who I was. So I can imagine that there's a generation after generation feeling the same way about the movies that we've all
0: made.
2: For sure. For sure.
5: Brett, you have our question for Bill. Well, so Bill, you were
3: included in the first D23 Expo Disney Legend Ceremony. I mean, you received your award with so many other Disney legends. I mean, Disney Imagineers and all of the Golden Girls and Robin Williams. Wow. I mean, what, can you tell us a little bit about that experience with the first D23 Expo in 2009 and becoming a Disney Legend?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, it uh, was totally a surprise to me. I just got a letter from Bob Iger. You are now, you know, been selected to be a Disney Legend. I didn't really have a good handle. I knew of the Disney Legends Plaza over the studios, but I didn't know really what it was, and I didn't know the uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the people that I would be uh, sharing the stage with. I mean, re- meeting Robin Williams and Betty White as well and all of the other uh, Golden Girls posthumously, uh, as well as some non-voice uh, actors. Tony Anselmo, who does uh, the voice of Donald Duck, also got a Disney Legend Award. And it was the first one in front of the, you know, uh, the public, forty-five hundred people down in Anaheim, and it was surreal. I got to put my hands in the uh, cement on stage, and that my handprints are now on the the wall over at the Disney Studio in the Legends Plaza, and I take great pride in that because um, I never won anything in high school, so no medals or nothing, no ribbons. <laughs> No baseball, you know, nothing. So I was very uh, pleased that they they chose me for that. And I honor that a, a great deal. But it was, again, it's kind of a surreal thing. I, I, I got an award for doing what I love to do. And that's the best part is, you know, I'm at retirement age now. And people always say, when are you going to retire? Why? Why? You ever <laughs> retire from this. It is the most fun, creative, uh, wonderful job. You get to work with wonderful people. It's difficult. I mean, it's very difficult to get the jobs. 99% of this is auditioning. But that magical 1% is where, you know, that's where the Disney magic is. And uh, it's just, it's like, you know, I'm getting to to ride along with Goofy. I always say Goofy's famous. I'm not, but I get to go along with him. So it's You know, no, I'm it, very thankful for that. So, it,
1: just incredible, and it's cool to hear your story about how you were notified of that. We uh, had a chance to to talk to Jodi Benson last year, and um, she mentioned she thought she was getting fired when she got her Disney Legend <laughs> award. So she thought that that was the call she was getting, but. um yeah. But getting back to a Goofy movie, there are – and Jason mentioned this with the the hot tub scene. So you don't necessarily have to go again, Jason, if if that is your answer to this question. But there are scenes in this film you don't expect to exist in a movie about Goofy and his son. Uh, Are there particular scenes that you've kind of found yourself years later revisiting, whether that be um, because of a lived experience that you had while you were recording – or uh, directing, or is there something that maybe just touches you in a different way about this film? And I'll go to Kevin first.
5: I tend to like the scenes that live outside of the norm um, of what you expect. There's a there's a scene that almost got cut out of the movie that, um, that uh, when we did test screenings, parents were saying, oh, I do not like this scene where Max and Goofy argue in the car after the Possum Park. They are so... Max is so mean to his dad and I was getting a lot of pressure to cut it out. And I really felt like it really sat at the crux of what was going on in the movie, all the pent up frustrations just pouring out. And without it, I didn't think I was able I would be able to motivate what was coming after it. Um, So I really had to fight hard for that scene. And I'm and I'm, I'm really, really proud of it in the film. It's not the type of scene you typically see, especially with, you know, with the classic characters.
4: Yeah, you know why parents are so upset, Kev? Because like, they, they weren't allowed to talk to their parents like that. They get smacked. <laughs>
5: <laughs> kind of true, isn't it? It's kind of true.
1: <laughs>
0: Bill, do you have a particular scene that you revisit? Oh, uh, actually, my favorite scene is the uh, Lester's Possum Park sequence. And when Goofy gets hurt by Max... And the misunderstandings of where each of them at, and then they come together, you know, when they're on the top of the car floating down the river, there's a lot of, there's just enough goofy in it, there's enough, you know, realism where they're arguing, and yet they're patching things up by learning where everybody else lives, you know, and coming together. Those two scenes uh, kind of complement each other and bookend the, the emotional part, which I like probably the most. And also the singing. I love doing the singing. That was, those are some really joyful, fun songs and uh, also sentimental songs. Nobody else, but you. And the open road is just a fun travel, buddy, buddy kind of song. And I just love those.
1: Mm -hmm. Jason, did you have another one that you wanted to mention? I know you talked about the hot tub scene earlier. I, I, well, I found since I,
4: I, Kevin, I did a, 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 a podcast interview last year and this is something I never even realized. Uh but the the couple from the that they're featured in the open road, the little tiny man, the giant woman, did not realize that that was her in this in the power line concert at the end. And it, it, it all went completely full circle. So I'm not I, I love finding these other little 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 bits, little eggs that uh that he's dropped there. But the the, the finale, you know, because I love music. I love concerts. The way it was it was animated and choreographed and put together is is always 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 a standout thing
1: for me in that movie i like it i like it you know eye to eye holy moly what a song what a song um vanessa you had our next question
2: Yeah. Uh, so since we're talking about music, I think I will ask a question about the songs in a goofy movie. So the beginning feels like Greece to me. And then we've got this, like you said, great road trip adventure, uh, with on the open road. So when you signed on for this project, did you know you were going to have to sing and and what was that experience like? And I think Jason, you might even have, uh, some stories about not singing as well. So (laughs) tell me about that experience.
4: Um, uh, well, <laughs> uh, after I had uh, found out I booked the role of Max, they said, "Okay, we're, we're going to bring you in, go to audition to sing. Um, you still, no matter what, you'll you'll be Max, but we want to see if you can sing." And and uh, and I worked hard at it. I did my best, and uh, and someone did not think it was good enough. Uh, and uh, I have no ill will. Maybe a little like ego uh problem but uh but my friend uh Aaron Lore, who I've known for years uh and it was uh it, it does all of Max's singing and it was funny because I ran into him at like a commercial audition and uh, I'm like hey Aaron what's going on what are you doing he's like oh I just booked this movie I'm I'm, I'm singing for this kid who can't sing and <laughs> I'm like I'm just looking at like, oh, okay and then he called me later when he found out he's like why didn't you say anything I'm so sorry uh 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 yeah I uh 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 with or without me, the songs are amazing. Aaron did a great job and uh and I I I i sing along in the car when I'm listening to the soundtrack. So that, you know I okay. and I have
1: to interject. I think it was like the 20th anniversary of the film. You did a panel at D23 and the two of yeah. you sang it together, open road, and you crushed it. So I'm just letting you know. Yeah. <laughs> it happens yeah. to the best of people. So it's, it's, it's all totally it,
2: understandable.
4: It doesn't uh, take I away from your like, performance. Like I know all. um uh uh Matthew Broderick uh, is a singer and he sings very well he did not do his own singing for uh for Lion King Lion It's just
5: it's King. these
2: hey. decisions <laughs> yeah. that
5: that it made and uh and that's what ha- that's happened that's
2: happened that I wish I
5: could give on. you some comfort Jason but honestly we're talk we're sitting here talking about this and I can't remember yeah I truly cannot remember where it happened I don't even remember hearing you sing to be quite honest with you so
0: And as I remember, I think that was the first thing we did recording in the movie were the songs. Um, So I don't even know if I had met you yet before I did the songs. I'm trying to, uh, it's been a long time, but uh, the songs weren't that, uh, I love the songs. They weren't that difficult and I wasn't too scared because a lot of people, Through Disney, I've probably done 25 albums over the years, and so I'm used to the character singing, and the nice thing is, the caveat is that you don't think of Goofy as being a great singer, so I don't have a lot of pressure on me, you know, it's... (laughs) So I didn't feel like I just have to sound like goofy singing. So uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't too difficult. But I love the songs and I love the way they came out and uh, fit in the movie and uh, move it along. That, that was uh, a lot of fun to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Brett, you had a question for Bill.
3: Well, as you can tell, Bill, um, I'm a big fan because I'm getting all these great questions. So thank you. Anyway, it's an honor to speak to you. OK, there. So, Bill, you've played a character that I'm guessing actually could be a relative of mine. In Cars, it was William Bradford Rutherford, or Rutherford, which I guess was a reporter maybe. Anyway, so you've been a voice actor in so many films and you are living my dream, but um, how do you find just the right, what is your process to finding just the right voice for so many different characters or following in the the footsteps or the voice steps? of iconic (laughs) animated characters that everyone knows so well and loves.
0: Um, Some voices are just easier than others to um, impersonate, especially if you're stepping into a character like Goofy. And as I said earlier, Goofy was my favorite Disney character growing up. So I was one of those kids around the house where, where's mom? How you doing? (laughs) So I already had the laugh down just from playing with it in the car and just playing with voices um it's also fun it it, when you come up with a new character i do a television series for disney called amphibia where i play a character named hop pop and uh that i just got a picture for the audition of the character which is very typical and the lines and you just kind of saying okay what would a elderly frog sound like and i just kind of decided to give him a, a kind of a texas accent and maybe he's a little bit kind of uh you know uh stuck in his ways, and you know that kind of thing, and I was like for that one, I had the template of i was thinking oh, that sounds kind of like Ross Perot, okay <laughs> <laughs>
4: and
0: and it kind of came out like that, and so we've done three series uh, three seasons on that, and you know sometimes just the voice comes to you um and a lot of them are takeoffs on bad impressions I do. And others are just, just kind of what hitches usually the best gut feeling thing that I can say is how it comes up and uh, you just, you you work with your throat and the tone, like, uh, you know, if you're doing a deep voice, you can kind of put the tone down here, but you could put an English accent on that, or a Western accent, or whatever. You got two different characters. You can do kind of a big nasal character like this, and make him a New Yorker. You can make him a Texas guy, or you could make him an English person with the articulation of the tongue. So it's basically the throat and the tongue, and you know, then what's he like in the, uh, you know, his uh, personality, Uh, and then you have to define that, and there you got it. Wow, a master class, thank you.
3: (laughs) So it was great, thank you.
0: I apologize
3: for my James Mason, I'll work on it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Kevin, uh, we spoke about how A Goofy Movie was your first film to direct, and you've gone on to direct so many stellar films. Um, What lessons, if any, have you, did you get from your voice actors that you then took forward from a goofy movie into your other films?
5: You know, I, 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 I don't know if, and you guys can tell me if I started this way, but um, when I was doing Tarzan, Glenn Close said, Hey, you direct much more like a live action director than you do like an animation director. And what she meant about that is I never asked people, could you do it three times each time doing it faster I would talk about what was happening in the scene, what the motivations were, what scenes that came before, um, try to help the actors prepare for the moment that they were going to embark on. Um, and I think this was the first time I was able really to put any of my any of you know, I I was I was a puppeteer as a as a teenager into college. So I got to, and I was, you know, I built and directed and performed. And I think this was the first time I got to take all of that and bring it into what I did for a living. This was my first directorial, um, you know, film, as you guys said. So I think that's what I did. I, I spoke, I tried to speak to the actors as actors and not as, as Bill was saying, as as voice talent. I I, I tried to, I, t- I tried to sort of ground everything, find the grounding for the scenes we were about to do.
1: And do you have any specific stories or anything that, uh, and you're working with Bill and Jason in particular that you, not to put you on the hot seat, but are there anything that uh, you had gleaned from that experience? Tell us, tell them how, how we prepared you for Glenn Close. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Uh, you'll also learn this about these guys is that they can really give it to you. Um, <laughs> um I, you know what? Um, I don't know if there's anything if I can remember anything specific. I I, re- I remember because these guys were both in the room together most of the time that we, we we talked about scenes. We talked about what was happening in the scene and what were you know what were the subtexts that were going on in the scenes. And I think, you know, if anything, that's what it gave me. That's what I brought forward, is that you talk about the work, not necessarily the line.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Um, you talk about, I, I remember saying to to Glenn Close um, one time that I, I just felt like the, the mood of the scene was more blue. Because I knew that we were going to bathe the scene in blue light. And she went, okay, I got it. <laughs> and went off. And that and that's really it really came from gaining some confidence. I was also my first time with these guys, so I was I was as nervous as could be, to be quite honest with you to begin with. I was I was really sweating. And I also had to fight because typically in TV animation, this uh, goofy movie was made in TV, there's a voice director. And I wanted to direct the voices. So I had to step in and and fight for my place, you know, in the in the group because typically they don't even want you there in the room. They Um, want to just deliver the lines to you and then you do with them as you please. That's how typically happens in TV. But I wanted to be in the room with these guys because I knew I had something to add.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's that's amazing. Uh, Jason, I wanted to ask you a question. Because, um, again, looking through your credits, not only have you done so much in television and film, but you have really done a lot of great work in video games as well. And from an outsider's perspective, it almost seems like you get to kind of live in those characters a little bit more because it almost seems like you're, you're able to um, create more, I guess, in video. Am, am, I, am I right in that? Uh, is there something that you prefer doing? Do you prefer doing television and film uh, versus video games? Or is it just kind of all the same? what what's your experience been like in that realm
4: well i just like acting man i mean i like performing in any medium uh video games are fun Uh, i play video games uh they're i would say they're probably like the hardest gig to do um they're so technical and can be very strenuous because you know a lot of video games require combat and screaming and dying and, and and stuff like that um i i prefer uh I prefer uh, stability. So, yeah, I prefer to uh, just keep acting.
1: That's Um, good. Vanessa?
2: Uh, So my question is for Bill. Um, So there's something really familiar about you. um, And you remind me of some of my favorite family members, honestly. So I I was wondering maybe it's because you're from the Midwest. You know, me and my co-hosts, were from the Midwest. Uh, We've heard of Midwest Nice. So do you have any thoughts on being from the midwest and and working in the in- entertainment industry and and um how it influences your portrayal of goofy
0: um yeah i guess his personality which you have to define before you're really going to do a good job with a character is he's an optimist he's a, a kind soul uh, nature seems to be against him in a lot of ways, and uh, so when I do something stupid, I blame it on Goofy. But um, he's just a—I think, you know, it, it's kind of funny. If you know uh, the other voice actors, uh, if you knew Wayne Allwine and Russi Taylor, they were the embodiment of Mickey and Minnie they just were, it just, I just typecasting, uh, even though the voice wasn't personality wise, they were, Tony is like Donald. He can be, you know, he can, you know, he's got a temper and he can be like that. And it just, we live these characters. And so there's definitely a lot that you have to put into your character and, your emotions become that character's emotion. And maybe it's not that much of a jump to me and Goofy. Uh, (laughs) But uh, I feel very akin to him. And it wasn't a hard stretch. It's nuanced. It's not, uh, I never thought of him as like dumb or simple. He may be simple, but more importantly, he's a good soul. And that's kind of the, the tag that I put on him and he tries to be helpful and we always I always got that when I was growing up in Kansas is that midwestern kind of nice and uh you know you know yeah. okay always be polite never say anything that you yeah. wouldn't everyone to hear and all of those kind of little things come into it so maybe growing up in Kansas had a little uh, help me a little bit in uh, doing something with the character
5: i think that's maybe why you feel so bad for goofy in a goofy movie because he is a good guy He really is a nice guy and some things really happened to him that that shouldn't happen to anyone (laughs) um both physically and emotionally
0: yeah he can be hurt which we really never had to do before that was what was so fun and finding those little notes is he can be hurt he can be disappointed but he still loves and that came through big time in a goofy movie and that's Kind of what I kind of wanted to get across with my acting, and uh, then getting to know Jason, and I've known him socially for you know these past twenty five years too. So it's not like just working buddies, and there you go. It's almost like he became my second son. It, my son, who was five at the time, was I think totally messed up by the movie because people would say, "Oh, is Max your brother? Is Goofy your dad?" And I didn't think I had a brother. You know? <laughs> I think it's still messy. It's, uh,
1: it, it's remarkable because, uh, you know, there's so many moments in the movie where you're like, Max, you're going to come to appreciate your dad so much in a couple of years, you know, you got to get out of your own way, especially just easy things like the, the scene at the beginning when um, Goofy's trying to clean up your room and all of that, uh, you know, so I, I totally get all of that. And it's, uh, it's perfectly encapsulated that relationship of high school boy and dad <laughs> in this movie for sure. Um, Brad
5: sides even right so you can right. get you can understand it from both sides so you can enjoy it when you're a kid and you can enjoy it when you're a parent or adult
4: i had someone comment to me that uh when they were a kid they're they're like man you know what's wrong with goofy they should like, max just wanted to go to a concert and then he got older and had kids of his own and he watched the movie again he's like man what's wrong with max goofy just want to take his son fishing <laughs> <laughs> perfect
3: right yeah, yeah. Well, we've talked about Midwest nice and all of that means, but we have to also talk about Rhode Island nice, since, as you said, you're both <laughs> from Rhode Island or, or, you know, or well, so any East coast charms or traits that, that have served you well on the, out, out on the West coast. Is there Rhode Island nice Kev? Yeah, I, I know, know. I'm like, theres like, I don't
5: know if there is.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> Rhode that's like- why I said traits. Are there any traits from the East coast <laughs> that um, that have served you well in your careers?
5: i don't know know if they're necessarily rhode island traits but as a kid growing up i learned and this is something you guys were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. is i learned that in order to get the things that i want in life i have to ask for them Mm -hmm. and i definitely learned that growing up in you know in rhode island i'm not sure that everybody in rhode island asks for what they want but it certainly was a part of my upbringing in, in 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 defined who i was
4: I feel more Rhode Islanders more like instead of ask what you want, they, they kind of
1: tell you what they want.
3: <laughs> hey, that uh, works. Yeah. What I, I haven't I met like, that many people from you, Rhode Island
1: <laughs> though, other than you two, and you two have seemed perfectly nice. So I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. So- well,
4: you know, everyone in Rhode Island's nice, but they're they're like they're ball busters, you know, they're they're, they're much like, there's a lot of Italian East Coast personalities.
5: A lot of, my my a lot of mafia. A lot of money, a lot of mafia. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah going yeah, yeah. on. Definitely, definitely, let me definitely. tell you what you're gonna do. Uh, <laughs>
4: Exactly, exactly. Uh, I, I, my, the traits that I absorb from Rhode Island is my, my affinity for seafood.
2: Yes. Hey, that works
1: too. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> Vanessa?
2: Uh, so another question for uh bill we also got to hear you in the parks um as we mentioned earlier on mickey minnie's runaway railway so so tell us about that process do do they give you a clue into the storyline of the ride do they let you ride it uh what happens when you're asked to do the voice for an attraction
0: i did the voice on that which is based on the wonderful world of mickey mouse style the mickey shorts style of of mickey and their world uh, uh, we recorded probably a year, year and a half before the ride was even really built. So, no, I didn't get to go on the ride and film <laughs> after we did all of our work, about a year after our work. But, uh, I, you know, I knew the character. In fact, it's um, kind of underwhelming to watch a, a voiceover uh, session. You get a page of dialogue and a microphone in a room. That is typically what you get. And you have to create that world in your mind with the director. And, um, you know, even like Mickey and Donald and everything, they aren't in the room with you. So you have to use your imagination. How far are they away from you? It would affect the way you say stuff. And you have to build this little scene in your head and act to what's in your head. And then the director will correct you and say, no, no, Mickey's closer or farther away and you take those hints and is like this and then you do it again and then eventually they go yeah that one and then you move on uh but it was not unlike any other voice acting session it was a booth with some paper <laughs> and <laughs> a microphone and a music okay. and that was, was that a- your first was that your first
4: time doing a, an
0: an attraction billy Oh no, I uh I do uh of the seven dwarves. I'm sleepy. I was also nice. doc in the seven D reunion of that. So in the runaway there thing, I um actually got to do Pat Butram a long time ago at announcements at the uh, the park. They did a thing called State Fair. And so I was doing all of the announcements for the park as Pat. <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, in Toontown, Mickey and, you know, uh, Goofy's got several rides. And so, yeah, I've been in a lot of attractions down there, but uh, mostly as Goofy.
1: <laughs> and uh, Jason, you came back for the um, Hocus Pocus show. Is that correct? I did.
4: Yeah, that that was just a, a buddy of mine who's an Imagineer over there, uh, knew the people who were working on that. He's like, hey, my friend is uh, Thackeray. Um, would you want to include him somehow? And uh, and yeah, they arranged the session. And it's funny, they told me um, I, I couldn't say good, good evening, Thackeray Binks here. Get ready for the the villain show. Couldn't re- reference Thackeray Binks for some reason. This is like this weird. Uh, it's not. It is show business, kid. It's a. Uh, they didn't have the rights to that character. They had the rights to the just the witches. That was it. But. I just did it. I did it as the voice of you. And, you know, if you're a fan of the movie, you, you know who it is, but, but that's a, that's a, I'm not in any rides, but, but I have done max for parades and, uh, uh, and, and the Hocus Pocus uh, show. So it's, it's as a fan of the parks, it's, it's a thrill to be, to, to hear me in the parks as well.
1: Yeah, and then Kevin, you know, you have so many characters that, whether from established properties that now exist in those parks because of works that you've done, or I mean, to to kind of talk about your wife and and creating a Disney princess, the first Pixar Disney princess, really. Um, what kind of experience is that like to see those characters in the park?
5: Well, it's you know, it's a dream come true to be quite honest with you. You know, when I was when I was a kid, I. I wanted to go to Disney's, Disney World so badly and didn't get to go till I was like, I graduated from high school. And then to be on the other side of it and creating characters that then end up in the park is an incredible thrill.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Brett, I think you have one of our final questions.
3: Well, we've had such a great opportunities to speak with creative people during this last year, and we've found then re- really continuing to make art during this pandemic. Kevin, we spoke to you what it seems like at the beginning of all of this. Have you continued to work on projects throughout? And and then if I may ask that question to the both of you, um, and do you must have studios in your homes or something? Is that, you know, is that, ha- have you been able to work? Has this been a productive time during a
5: very hard time? Well, ab- you know, absolutely. I don't know how to stop. You know, I, I just keep going and going. Um, we just set up another movie which is great so we're in development on our fourth movie now um with the company that Brendan and i started together twas entertainment um and i just keep going i just i just keep going i i'm i'm that energizer bunny that's not going to stop until the batteries run out
0: <laughs> that's wonderful Um, I I'm actually, you can probably see over my shoulder, a microphone. I'm in my studio at home and I've done all my series work and everything else from right here since COVID started. I was very fortunate. There's a show on uh, Disney plus called it's a dog's life with Bill Farmer that I executive produced. And it's, I'm on camera live action. We did our last episode of that first season in Hawaii like uh, in February of 2020, so just before the shutdown, but since then, haven't missed a beat, just do it, my my son is an audio engineer, he runs the sessions, I sit back behind the microphone there, and we've been able to do via Zoom everything that I would have done in a studio.
1: Wonderful, and Jason?
0: Yeah, I highly recommend It's a Dog's Life, (laughs) we
4: loved it, (laughs) (laughs) loved it. Uh nothing better than Bill Farmer hanging out with a bunch of cute doggies. Uh, yeah, also uh turning my closet into a recording studio. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier I live in Nashville, Tennessee. And um and uh, I, I I I was even though it's voiceover, I was still expected to commute to Los Angeles for work, which was problematic and tiresome. Uh, but now uh it's not the case. So work uh I did do a couple of gigs in my in my closet and uh and I am surrounded by like amazing musicians and comedians, and I've had this love for classic variety shows like Dean Martin Show and The Muppet Show. So I put together my own variety show on YouTube called the Mars Variety Show. I would love for everyone to check it out. please hit the subscribe button.
1: You know how that works doing that doing that right now for sure <laughs> um, We can't begin to thank you all enough. you know this has been uh a, a surreal uh year for us that started with an interview with Kevin um, and is kind of uh, as we celebrate our hundredth episode here, beginning to celebrate that with the the three of you is just absolutely blowing uh, blowing us all away when this when this came. Um, through my my wife said I couldn't stop smiling for a couple of days and I'm I'm so excited to have had this conversation and I think Kevin mentioned that this might be one of the first times that the three of you uh individually had gotten a chance to talk about this so I just thought I might say any final thoughts on uh the legacy of a goofy movie your experiences anything you want to say about a goofy movie and uh, we'll go in the order we introduced you in so we'll go Jason first
4: uh you know, Kev, I don't know if you were for me or against me, but thanks for having me in the movie. It was a great experience. Uh I was a Disney fan growing up and to be to be part of something that's literally part of Disney, you know, history, you know, to be Goofy's son and to solidify a friendship with Bill Farmer, who's outstanding. And not to mention, you know, the connectivity this movie has had with so many people like yourselves. Uh, I am forever grateful. And I love, I love all the Goofy Movie fans. And, uh, and thank you guys so much for liking it so much and wanting us to keep talking about it.
1: So, <laughs>
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Bill? Well, I think it's definitely one of the most uh, important jobs as Goofy that I've ever done, according to the fans. Cause I still, like I say, get asked about it all the time. Unlike any of the other uh, shows I've done over the, over the years, it, uh, I'm deeply appreciated for the chance to do it. I'm totally uh overwhelmed with the the love that people have for this movie after this many years. It just gets more and more. When we did the uh uh panel a couple of years ago, that I felt like, you know, I felt like the Beatles coming on stage. I mean, people were just going nuts and a standing room only. It was the love that people have for this just really is is genuinely gratifying. And to get to um, work with Kevin and and Jason, get to know everybody, it was just a delight. I'd love to do it again sometime. Yeah.
1: Kevin, any
5: final thoughts?
0: Well, well first I have to say, Jason, I cast you.
5: Okay, let's get that out of the way. Um, For me, it was about the the surprise of it all. Because I came into a Goofy movie thinking, okay, I'm going to make a movie about Goofy. We'll see where this goes. It wasn't like my dream to make a movie about Goofy. But I found a way into the material that was meaningful for me. It spoke to the way that I grew up. I didn't have a dad around at all. So I got to speak to that which was really a a thrill to be able to bring something of myself and then to have it sort of blossom into this, into this, this thing that just lives on and on and on of all the movies I I've directed. This is the one that gets brought up most often and most people want to talk about. Um, And that's a, and that's an incredible surprise for me. And it also made me aware that you have to be really careful about what you put out in the world because you never know how it's going to affect people. And, you know, this movie that I thought was just a stepping stone has become this, you know, this, this, this huge part of people's lives. And that's a, that's a wonderful thing to be able to carry around with you
1: yeah just absolutely incredible thank you all so much thank you to Jason Marsden Bill Farmer Kevin Lima this has just been an incredible hour uh, with all of you and we are so grateful for your time uh, and grateful for your continued entertainment and everything that you're doing it, it really as fans uh, we cannot thank you enough for all that you've done it's just incredible
4: oh shucks thank you guys appreciate it thank you're you're you guys
1: thank, thank, you, thank you very, very much, much. It's so nice to see you all.
4: (laughs) You may
3: stay as long as you'd like. We'll, you know, we'll have something catered. We'll have something (laughs)
5: uh,
1: (laughs) I come out of these things. I always, I'm the one that has to come out of this and have some kind of like, wow, that was exciting. And oh my goodness, how amazing this was. But, but truly I'm, I'm speechless uh, having just. Listen to that and uh, that discussion that they were able to have with one another. I don't think that uh, they had seen each other for a while. So it was kind of like a family reunion of sorts that we were able to witness as well. And just um, so gracious with their time, so uh, humble with the work that they've done and the impression that that has left on us, not only as children, but also as adults. And just outrageously uh, fun and exciting opportunity that we had. And thank you so much to uh, Bill and Jason, but especially to Kevin because uh, he was the one that helped us kind of or, uh, coordinate all this and, and just thank you so much. We, we can't say that enough, but your thoughts on the interview first, and then we might reflect a bit on our hundred episodes and I'll go to um, Brett first, your thoughts on the interview.
3: You know, uh there are no words there are no words it was so exciting and they were all so kind and we found out some new things and we found out so many interesting things about the movie and about their careers that it's something I I'm very happy that we had the opportunity to share with our audience and also you know to go to have that experience ourselves oh my gosh the, the people we've talked to it's so
2: exciting
1: yeah so exciting Vanessa your thoughts
2: Do I have any even? I mean, (laughs) that was just incredible. It was, I I don't know what else to say. I I can't believe we're having these opportunities to talk to such amazing people. You know, I, I know this sounds like a very small town thing to say, but these people in Hollywood are so nice. I mean, whenever you hear about Hollywood, it's got to be like all the negative things you might hear as has to be like just the smallest percentage of people who are actually from there, because the people we have met who have worked in this industry are talented. They're thoughtful. They're insightful. And they're so kind and giving of their time. I have just had the best time today talking to all three of them. They're just they're gems. They're just wonderful.
1: You know, I, I can't, uh, agree with either of you more and uh, just thank you so much for their time. And, and I, I do want to um, start to reflect on, on what we have accomplished here as a team. And this is truly a team effort and whether it's uh, Vanessa coming up with amazing articles and questions for us to ask, whether it's me reaching out to people to book guests or it's Brett spending hours and hours of editing. This really is a team effort. And I, I have to tell you um, You know, again, not to get too uh, emotional with you, but uh, this last year has been so tough for so many people and uh, it has been difficult for myself. Um, You know, I have super anxiety about things and so when world the world uh, started to shut down last year um, it was so refreshing and so necessary to have uh, the two of you to be able to come and talk to and to be able to talk about something that I love and be able to communicate that with you and I often listen to podcasts almost as my own form of therapy Um, and so being able to do that being able to do this show with you has meant so much to me not only for the last year, but especially the last year, uh, and the people that we 've gotten to talk to along the way you know we've we 've spoken to so many incredible people we 've had the opportunities to speak to them but but truly, at the heart of it, this show exists only because the two of you uh, are willing to go along on this ride and willing to be such a, a a huge part of the effort that we put into all of this and i can 't begin to thank you enough because uh, it it truly is something that has touched me in a way i'll never forget this show i don't know you know here's to another 100 episodes uh things happen in life we never know what's going to happen but it's it's nice to reflect on the time that we've had so far and um just again i i can't i i can't put into words how much it means to me so uh i'll make you guys put them into words so i'll go to uh, vanessa first any reflections or thoughts on our 100th episode
2: Wow. <laughs> it's been, it's been some time, uh, since we started doing these episodes. Um, well, first of all, I have to thank Brett, who, uh, helped me, uh, join in this, uh, by asking if I could tag along with him. Um, I am forever in your debt for that. So, uh, but thank you. And then Craig, of course, we, we just think you're phenomenal at everything you do. We, we probably tease you more than we should, but, um, it's only cause we love you so much. You both are just like brothers to me, my brothers from other mothers and, um, and to the listeners too. We haven't really had a chance to, to really get to meet you, whoever you are, but we're so thankful to you for, for listening. And, you know, like Craig said this year, Oof! It's been a doozy, but it was really helpful to be able to know that I could get to talk to people and not just people, but these two guys almost once a week. Sometimes it feels like about 100 times a week uh, with our <laughs> recording schedule, but to get to talk to you uh, once a week and just have a break from the world and to talk about Disney and all things Disney, our favorite things, and to talk to amazing people I mean that that I can't say it enough that the people we have had on here when when we talk about their work it's wonderful but when we just talk about life with them human to human it's amazing and I hope you listening um feels that as well so thank you to everyone who listens thank you to you guys you're yeah. the best
1: Brett oh. your uh, your reflections or
3: thoughts oh. here Let's see are you making me do cleanup here another sports reference thank you hey. you're so <laughs> good now yeah, you're so good i'm getting so good yeah well it's yeah okay um <laughs> uh, it's just it's it is hard to put into words um but i'll just say thank you to both of you i mean i i call it you know uh, there's another major company that talks about having a special sauce um but I think we have a special sauce together, and I'm very, very thankful for that. And you know, and we kid each other in the way that, yeah, as as I've said before, I I don't have siblings, so you've you know, you have kind of, you know, given me that joy and pain and all of the things that siblings <laughs> will do. So it's fun. But but when I think, you know, first of all, I guess you know, when I think about the guests that we've spoken to, and again, thank you, Kevin, for kind of giving us the little. I guess, push or, you know, whatever it was, it was a gentle shove. It was here you go, ask. And we've, and I just cannot believe the people that we've spoken to this year. And again, just hanging out with you and hanging out with other friends and other members of the network. It's just been, you know, for, for, again, as you said, a very, very difficult year we 've barely had time to think of the other things in the world because we 've been so busy with this, and it 's sort of because of the situation the current situation, as I say that we 've had the opportunity to speak with people who may have been busy doing other things had they had we not had the situation so So I hope that they've, I hope that we've been a little bit of a a relief or release for them as well. And again, our listeners, oh my gosh, when I met one of our listeners in a grocery store, if you're listening, I'm still living that moment, you know, who said that that we bring a little happiness to that, to him each week. I'm like going, that is, that was really one of those moments that you kind of go, Wow. And I'm just very thankful for. It. So thankful for the big old package that is beyond the mouse, and the people that we've talked to, and especially you two. I'm gonna an- cry
1: now. No, this this old so- fest that's that's going on. <laughs> uh, I I'll tell you, we um, to to kind of wrap up what both of you said. We love love so much that you're listening to this and that you've continued to listen please reach out please message us I just had a conversation with one of our listeners uh, who drives a truck all around this country and he had a chance to um, be in a webinar with Sean Aston and uh, we were talking about that beforehand and then we just he called me up on Facebook and, and we had like a 30 minute conversation together and it was just so cool to catch up with him and to meet people um, through this and it, we really we really appreciate that so much more than you could ever know. So thank you. And, and I would be remiss if you both mentioned the, the network as well, I would be remiss if I didn't say uh, thank you so much to Jeremy uh, for having me along for this ride. Yeah. You know, the, the two of us got to kind of start this thing together and uh, between the, the network and where it's grown um, we uh, gosh, 700, 800 episodes, whatever we have amongst our shows. Um, this wouldn't have been possible if we wouldn't have just sat down and, and been dopey to together in front of a microphone and talked uh, about movies. So thank you to Jeremy and thank you to the network. Um, Speaking of the network, we got to promote our next show, our 101st episode. We have to bring on someone from the network for that. We're going to invite back Brandon Davis for our classic uh, perspective on 101 Dalmatians. You knew we had to do that for our 101st episode. 101 episodes, it's 101
2: (laughs) Dalmatians. (laughs)
1: <laughs> absolutely absolutely and then 102 uh dalmatians actually kevin's going to come back no i'm completely oh. kidding i'm kidding uh too many dogs again, too Kevin. many dogs <laughs> too many dogs too many dogs uh but we can 't wait to uh, show, share with you what we have coming up because we 're just going to keep the thing a moving uh, as we can, and thank you so much for the hundred episodes. If you have not already if you 're fans of Bill and Jason and kevin you 're listening to this for the first time uh, and you 're like, why are they all just waxing on about uh, their hundred episodes? please hit that subscribe button and go back and listen to the other ninety nine episodes that we have posted uh, on any podcast platform. you can also follow us on social media and reach out to us there you can find us on beyond the mouse podcast on facebook or beyond the mouse pod on instagram beyond mouse on twitter we are part of npr illinois community voices so you can find us on nprillinois.org as well and of course we are part of the front row network you can find them by searching the front row network on any social media feed also front row reviews with a z on twitter and again can't say it enough i i know i say it a lot i truly mean it deep in my heart thank you thank you to the two of you thank you to the listeners thank you especially this episode to kevin bill and jason um it meant the world to us so for beyond the mouse i am craig
2: i'm vanessa and i'm brett
1: and we will see you real soon in the front row maybe at episode 200
0: gorsh (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if I could do a goofy impression on a goofy episode. <laughs>
5: like, good for That's you good <laughs> you it was good. It special was good. sauce.